Welcome to Infinitely Rational, where we discuss the real eccentric and complex history of mathematics. Brought to you by Mathematical Expressions. I'm your host, Natalie, the resident math nerd. And I'm Kay, your researcher of weird things. In this episode, we'll answer the following questions. Are eagles man's new best friend? Sticks and stones can break bones, but can being right drown someone? What do either of these things have to do with math? Let's find out. In the last episode, we talked about some of the myths and legends surrounding Pythagoras, but, you know, was he a good guy or a terrible guy? Sources are conflicting Mm. on that point. Well, okay, how about we start with the good things? Sure, let's go. So, uh, good thing number one is that he was a vegetarian, which I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm led to believe it's the true path. Uh, and we, we know that he was, that his supposed vegetarianism is due to the fact that he believed in reincarnation. And so souls go everywhere. They go into animals, beans, right? Yeah. Jelly beans. Right. Which is why we don't, we're vegetarians except for (laughs) beans because we don't want to be cannibals. But that brings up an interesting point. Some of the some of the sources say, no, 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 he was not a vegetarian. He just didn't eat certain animals or certain parts of animals. He didn't want to eat certain souls, but he was maybe cool with like sea anemones or, you know, not oxen or so I guess it's kind of cannibalism, but not really. Partial cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> I guess desert island cannibalism only. <laughs> But yeah, it's I I think it might be maybe it's a distinction like you could be vegan or vegetarian mm, or pescatarian or whatever. Right, right. They're just certain mostly there but not quite. <laughs> so anyway, so besides his vegetarianism which may or may not have been true, may have been true in part only. Either way, it's not the only story of him being good to animals. There are some other things. For example, there's a story that he, and I love this one, he tamed wild eagles. Okay, so when you say that, what I'm imagining is, I feel like I've already announced how much I love Lord of the Rings because we talked about fellowship in the last one. So I guess we're going to go to Two Towers this time. Okay, and uh, moving on. Moving on. From fellowship. <laughs> Advancing the story. And so, you know, when Gandalf was Saruman, spoiler, Saruman, like, put him at the top of the, the tower. And when he's getting his butt kicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But All he's, right. like, trapped. And so he sends this moth to go get an eagle, and the eagle comes back, and he's so majestic, and it's like, Aah! and they the fly giant, up. The, the giant, giant eagle, eagle, like the race of eagles. That's what I'm imagining. <laughs> I So that might be what you're imagining. Uh-huh. But the story is actually fairly detailed in the source. So, like, Midas Golden Touch detailed? Uh, so, kind well, kind of. So, okay. so so let me set the stage for you. Let me tell you a tale of Pythagoras and his telephone eagle. game. Yes, it's really short. I, so hold I on tight. It. So the the story is essentially that he is out walking. There's a wild eagle just perched. I don't know what it was doing. I've never seen an eagle just hang out, but maybe it was eating something. I don't know. But it was doing what eagles do, but on the <laughs> ground or somewhere close within arm's reach. Right. And Pythagoras walks up. And And also apparently not afraid because it's within arm's reach. Correct. It it was, uh, maybe it was busy. You know, before you tell the story, can I just say something? 
Go I've only it. heard a story of a bird being within arm's reach one time, and that was when my friend's uncle was driving down the road, and he hit a vulture, and it came through the windshield. Oh, my God. Threw up in his lap. What? <laughs> so intense. <laughs> so <laughs> intense. You're ruining the Disney vibe I'm going for Oh, my God. Here. I'm sorry. Right now <laughs> with this story. Oh, my gosh. So, anyways, within arm's reach, not like the vulture, within arm's reach. All right, listeners, back to the story. So. Eagle, wild, not a pet eagle, hanging out, okay? Within arm's With, reach. Within arm's reach somewhere, you know, Pythagoras is walking by. Majestic just, eagle. Majestic eagle doing whatever it's doing, and, and Pythagoras just reaches out and gives it a little pet, and the eagle takes it. It says that the eagle doesn't do anything. It allowed him so to dude, it stroke is, him. So, dude, it is like Midas Golden Touch. The eagle was wild, and Pythagoras touched it, and now it's tame. See, I don't know. I know we we looked at some things where like, okay, Pythagoras has this dual character in the sources. Some say he's kind of like a Disney character and, other one, and others are, you know, maybe he's a little bit more nefarious. But we picked this one out because it's one of those kind of Disney. He's a friend to animals. He's reaching out and, and touching them and petting them and they're cool with it. But for me, this isn't really cool because I have to wonder if it's, if I look at it... <laughs> intellectually if this wild eagle is just hanging out maybe eating something i can't even imagine what else it might be doing down in arm's reach but it's sitting there minding its own business and pythagoras rolls up i'm imagining from behind him because i would think he wouldn't sit still i love that you are the eagle right now and you're like i'm here minding my own business well yeah well because they do Right? Like, the one has never, an eagle's, unlike the vulture, an eagle's <laughs> never come up in my business and bothered me. That's true. So I imagine it's minding its A own raven, business. perhaps. Maybe. But he rolls up and he, he just reaches out and touches this eagle out of nowhere. So I have to wonder if it wasn't a matter of taming the eagle, but rather the eagle wasn't paying attention. This guy got in a quick grab on him. <laughs> And then he was like, what was that? What? Should I report this? That dude just touched me. I don't even know him. Was it just a stunning? Did he just stun the eagle into submission? And then everyone who was with Pythagoras was like, oh my God, wow, look at that. The eagle just took it. When really the eagle is traumatized. So I love that your, your first reaction was, should I report this? Because in the last episode... You were talking about Pythagoras and his pants and you were like, I mean, I'd go to HR. I think that's a thing. And now you're like, do I need to report this? I feel like you have a really good relationship with your HR department. <laughs> I think it's more that where I work, I get a, an annual hour, more than hour, several hours. I was going to say yours is only an hour. I to, <laughs> that I have to make sure that I know all the rules and I get extra training because I'm a supervisor. So extra special, <laughs> extra. So I don't walk up and pet my employees right <laughs> out of nowhere. I just give them a, you know, a stroke like this to an eagle is not appropriate. But, you know, I even think so. I'm not a touchy person. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm just thinking about this poor eagle and I'm thinking, you know, I had this instance where I was doing a training uh -huh. at work and there was someone there who I really didn't know other than just this was one more person in the training. Uh -huh. Just walk up out of nowhere after the training and embrace me. And I didn't know what to do. I was just shocked. I just stood there and took it, right? Just was, the way I imagined this eagle. Was this that training it. that we led together where she called you a goddess? Yes. Same person. Is it because you showed her your birthmark? <laughs> no, 
I definitely did not make the birthmark part of the training, but maybe she sensed it. I don't know. But either way, I think that's a point that in the column of that's it might fair. have been it might have been shady touch. If eagles are more introverted. Anyway, moving on. Back to Pythagoras, the good. <laughs> I know that there is another story that you really like about yes. him and, oh his, my gosh. and his Disney goodness. I do. I do love that. So this this uh, story that I heard, when he would walk out in nature, rivers would hail him. They would hail him? Yes. He would be walking and the rivers would hail Pythagoras. Hail uh, was what I heard. And this is a point in his good favor? I think so. Imagine you're walking, right? And people are there with you and the river's like, hail Pythagoras. Or no, 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 no. Okay. Why not? I know for sure I'm introverted all the way, 100%. I can fake extrovert really well. but I'm You didn't ask my results. Uh, no, I'm definitely an introvert. When I go out and walk in nature, the last thing I want is nature to start talking to me. As it is, I don't even want people to talk to me most of the time. And if I started walking, to, I'm just trying to take a nice little nature walk. And all of a sudden, every tree is like, hey, what's going on? Like, think about what fall would be like. Oh, that'd be so intense. Would it be like screaming from every leaf as it dies and falls to the ground? No, No, I don't need that. It's that episode or that scene in Bruce Almighty where he gets all those emails from people. Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine Mm -hmm. if nature had an Instagram? I just don't. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Not that 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 speaks to Pythagoras's character other than perhaps he was an extrovert. You know, if he's chatting, we can conclude with all. I don't think the story said right whether Mm-mm. he hailed it back. No. So this could also be a point in the nefarious Pythagoras column because if nature's like, "Hey, what's up, Pythagoras?" and he's just kind of averting his gaze and walking out, like, "Don't talk, <laughs> don't talk to that guy. That river is such a jerk. Like, but you don't, know, don't listen to it." Following the eagle story. It's true. It, it it is very Disney. It is. It is. Here he is. He's he's stroking eagles. It's very he's colors of the rivers. Wind. Yes, it is. It's very <laughs> yeah. It's very Disney Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Yes, which we know, of course, is factually a hundred percent on point. Well, you know, I completely understand why you feel that way, and I can agree. But you know, I I don't know that he necessarily felt that way because. From other things I've heard, he was always seeking it. He was like, adventure! (laughs) And for example, I heard that he told a bear to stop eating meat, and then it did. I also read this. I can confirm that is in fact one of the stories. However, before we go ahead and say like, oh yes, definitely. No, I already wrote it on the whiteboard (laughs) as a point. It's my point. (laughs) Well, hold on, hold on. Because before we say like, oh, he clearly this was one of those... This is one of those true facts about Pythagoras. He definitely told a bear to stop eating meat, and it did. There's another story about him talking to an animal and telling it to stop doing something, and it did, which is an ox. Uh Apparently, he also... he walks into a field uh-huh. and there's a, I think a farmer or shepherd with his, with his oxen. Garb. Yeah. And his oxen. I didn't go straight for clothes. <laughs> I was going for the animals, but yes. So he's, he's looking at the oxen and he tells, he tells the shepherd, Hey, 
your your oxen are eating beans and which we know we can't do that's a huge don't no, do no. that not only should people <laughs> not eat beans but also well men's souls yeah i think oxen should even less eat beans right so shouldn't they eat grass i don't know what do they eat i don't know but regardless they were munching away on men's souls terrible so, like idea. there's this inc- i guess pythagoras walked into this field you just hear screaming of souls from everywhere but he he says to the shepherd hey your your ox is eating beans. You got to make them stop, mm-hmm. right? This is this is a no no. Men souls, yeah, all these things, worst. Which apparently the shepherd was none too keen to go I mean, tell yeah. his ox to stop it, and he essentially says, "Make him." And so Pythagoras I'm, does. Look, I have a dog, and <laughs> if my dog is barking, I can't get him to stop barking. Really? So stop your dog barking. Yeah, cool. You make him. It yeah. was yeah. It was a similar. Uh-huh. It was a similar thing. So. He does. Have he, wa- it, bro. He, he walks up to this oxen uh-huh. and gives it a little whisper in the ear. And I guess he says, like, don't eat those. And the oxen stops eating beans. Wait, how do you know he whispered? Did you read that he whispered? Because in my head, both when he's telling the bear and the oxen not to eat whatever they shouldn't eat, in my head, he's very forceful. Like, thou shalt not pass. Or, it's, you know, it's more like a command. <laughs> yeah, it's more like, you know, an old-fashioned Gandalf. We clearly you have two not. very different pictures of Pythagoras <laughs> in our head. Because I see him as this creepy, sleazy guy who's walking up and... <laughs> Whispering people also <laughs> blowing off rivers and, you know, on the other hand, you're seeing this adventurer running out into nature, greeting everything and, yeah, and also yelling at animals to stop doing things that are natural to the animals. But regardless, they're suspiciously close, those yes. two stories, which makes me doubt their validity. Well, but it's a different animal and also a different food source. So I think that mine is true. Well. Okay, so so let's dig a little deeper into okay. this. So the oxen story, the don't eat beans oxen story, reminds mm-hmm. me of another story that I heard. Cicero, which is one of the the main sources we have about Pythagoras and his life, the real guy. The Britannica of his day. Essentially, one of the most, I guess, reliable mm-hmm. sources that we have, even though, as we've said, really nothing's reliable mm-hmm. here. Cicero tells a story about Pythagoras and some oxen. And he he says, I heard a rumor that Pythagoras discovered some fancy new math. Was this the famed Pythagorean theorem? Well, it didn't say. Oh. Hold on, hold okay. on. Don't jump ahead. So he says, he says, I hear he discovered some fancy new math. He really doesn't say what kind of math. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he might mention geometry, but he doesn't he doesn't say the Pythagorean theorem clearly. Pythagoras discovers this fancy new math, and then he goes on to slaughter a bunch of oxen in celebration Wait, of this. I thought that we were talking about good Pythagoras. We we are. We are. So hold on. So, okay. so Cicero, in just this little passage, uh-huh. says, hey, I heard a rumor. He discovered this great math. He also had, I guess, an ox slaughtering party. <laughs> With but gift, I don't believe it. With gift bags. Right, but I don't <laughs> I don't want to know what's in them. <laughs> but but I don't believe it. Is is he even says it right then and there in the passage. I heard this thing, but it's just a rumor and I don't believe it. Which fits, you know, with sure. what we the other things we've heard about him. It doesn't seem to mm-hmm. don't eat animals. Also, I'm gonna go <laughs> slaughter a bunch because <laughs> I was so happy that I discovered this new piece of math. And later on. This fact, right, which is the original source Mm -hmm. for this story, the story doesn't appear before Cicero wrote it, Mm -hmm. 
after that, people begin to repeat this story. Dude, it's the start of the telephone game. Yes. They repeat the story, but here's, they leave off the, but I don't believe it bit. <laughs> They're like, no, he did this. He definitely did slaughter all of these oxen. So let me ask you a question. Do you think, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was a student, right, they tell you to write these research papers. Mm -hmm. And perhaps it's different for you because, you know, you're amazing at research and culling through it. But <laughs> as a youth in my day, I would write an essay and I would kind of skim the research. If it was just the last sentence, would mm -hmm. probably skip it too. So do you think it was a student that just... <laughs> they skimmed, they skimmed Cicero's writing. Yes. <laughs> I almost wonder if it's word of mouth. Someone read Cicero's writing, uh -huh. but then told someone else, they told skimmed someone it. else, and then, you know, they ended up... Well, do you think, like, another possibility, right, as opposed to me and my terrible research skills, another possibility maybe is that the story was just better. It's well, more it sensational. Well, it is a better story. Yeah, it is. It is a better story with a... This guy, don't eat beans, rivers hail him, slaughtered some oxen. Well, also, for Cicero, right, let's call him into question for a second... Why even mention it if you didn't think it was true? Why did you? You're trying to, you're being a troll. You're trying to start problems for this guy. I heard this thing. I don't personally believe it, but that's the gossip. You know, I just don't. That, listen, I feel that's Enquirer unfair. and Star have made, that is their business model, right? Oh, you know, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. So I've had to be interviewed for some stories about where I worked before. And sometimes the reporters ask really leading questions and then you answer it and they take it out of context, Man, that's right? intense. So I, I almost wonder if someone's like, Cicero, you have to write this bit in about the rumor. <laughs> and so he's like, oh God, okay. Well, so this is the rumor I heard, but I don't also believe it. Also not true. Yeah. yeah, but then after that, everyone's like, see? See? Cicero said it. This rumor was out there and it must be real because we know every rumor has a grain of truth in it. You know, on that note, let's take a break. Are your oxen always eating beans? Have you not been able to convince them to stop? Curse you, ox! Does nature ignore you? Hello? That guy's so weird. Want to make a splash during your next walk in the woods? Of course you do! Call toll-free and we'll send you this informational booklet. There's no cost or obligation, and you can learn at home in your spare time. Operators are standing by now to send information on these exciting programs. I used to be unpopular in high school. Since I completed the program, rivers hail me when I walk by, which really impresses the girls. You too can be popular. It worked for me, so call now. My oxen always used to eat beans. I could never get them to stop and friends would judge me. Since I made this phone call, I learned the secrets and now my oxen only eat grass. Call now. Don't waste money on CDs with only one or two good songs. You're about to hear the greatest collection ever. So many number one hits, so many great artists, it's hard to believe it's in one collection. Presenting Brotherhood Ballads. All your favorites in four beautiful albums. 40 of the greatest Pythagorean hits you love, such as In the Arms of the Eagles, Take My Beans Away, and much, much more. But this collection isn't sold in any stores. Get Brotherhood Ballads on compact disc for only $21.95 plus $4.95 shipping and handling. Order now. The system of equations We must deal with them all at once Always looking for solutions Okay, so now we've talked about some of the positive stuff 
Although some may not necessarily have been that great, depending on your view. <laughs> My view. Your personal view. But so let's let's talk about some of the more maybe nefarious things that we've dug up. We've used that word a lot. I think we really like nefarious. It's a fun word. It sounds like what it is, and I it love is. that. It is. Well, you know, all I can think of is Despicable Me, where it's like <laughs> Dr. Nefario. <laughs> I think it's best if all the listeners picture Pythagoras like that sounds at this moment. <laughs> so so hold on to that image in your heads as I relate the first the first of the despicable stories about Pythagoras. This is one that's really well known. It's documented in several sources, although that doesn't really mean anything because telephone game. Sure, sure. But we know Pythagoras was really into the idea of reincarnation, and there's a famous story where he comes upon a child. Some say a boy, some say a man. Sources differ. Person. But regardless, someone. Let's average it. He was a teen. <laughs> he was a teen. Tween. So he comes upon this tween, and the tween is is beating a dog. Some say kicking, some just say hitting it with a stick. But regardless, is beating a dog and the dog is yelping, which is horrible, yeah. right? So we're supposed to believe he's this great benefactor because he rolls up on this tween. Mm -hmm. And he now, I think, is the appropriate time to see him go, halt, stop what you're doing. <laughs> so he doesn't whisper in he the boy's ear. He doesn't whisper it in the boy's ear, although that's even creepier. <laughs> um, regardless, he interrupts the beating of the dog. And dog Gently. Dog yelping. <laughs> Picture it either way, whatever's creepier for you. Um, he rolls up on this. He, he stops the beating. He says, stop beating this dog. Uh-huh. Because... This dog is actually the reincarnation of a friend of mine. I recognize that it's my friend because of the yelping. Wait, he recognizes his friend by the yelping? Correct. So did he kick his friend a lot or did his friend <laughs> yell a lot? Because <laughs> hence this, hence my putting this in the negative category. <laughs> because if it had been the dog was, I don't know, barking happily, I guess you could make the argument that he had a barking laugh during life or something. <laughs> but... Yelping worries me. It really worries me that this is how he recognizes his friend. Is is from the whining and pleading of this dog <laughs> not to be beaten me. any further. <laughs> how is he in a position to have heard this? The other case where you might suspect that there was something dastardly going on with Pythagoras, mm -hmm. a little less Disney, is that... Although he's this patron saint of animals, you know, he's out there whispering in nature to animals, <laughs> stroking them, them hailing, uh, being hailed by rivers, not, not eating them, maybe all of these things, or parts of enemies, them. right? Apparently, he didn't have this profound respect for all animals. It wasn't equal. All animals are not created equal. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear Hence, more. Hence, I guess, uh -huh. all men's souls are, are not equal. Correct. So I have two examples of this. Okay. So are you ready? L yes. Example number one. Uh-huh. Fleas. In fairness, <laughs> they're like mosquitoes. But can you really, when it comes to men's souls, can you really make a distinction? Mm. Well, okay. Listen to this, though. Okay, I'll listen. Fleas. There is the story that Pythagoras had told all of his people, mm -hmm. his Pythagorean peeps, our, our mathematicians to come, who really come up with the good stuff, but then attribute it back to him, that they should never kill a flea in a temple or a place of worship because the gods 
mm-hmm. shouldn't be burdened with such a worthless <laughs> use of life. Like just such a such a burden. It's they're just such horrible little creatures that to kill one, I guess it, it mails the soul directly. But is it to the gods, or, or is it the gods are the one that are responsible for cleaning the temples? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of confused about this story and this edict from him because uh-huh. it makes me wonder. Well. But I thought reincarnation, these are the souls of men. And also if they're the souls of men, if they're killed in the temple, Uh they will go into a bean or into a new body A good place. But apparently not. But then here's something else that I've come across. Sometimes these stories or these edicts that he's made are actually kind of metaphors or allegories for other things. So I have to wonder, is this supposed to mean something else? You know, not killing something insignificant in the house of a... And so I'm wondering, this flea in the temple, do you just sit there and let it bite you? Is Are you just supposed to be like, cool, just keep on keeping on. <laughs> Come with me outside where I'll kill you. Brush it away. Maybe that's the thing. Oh, maybe that's the metaphor there is when something is small and annoying, despite how annoying it is, you Ooh. shouldn't you shouldn't attack it. You should try and brush it away. That's, that's good. Could be. But Probably wait, not. But <laughs> wait, don't don't murder it. <laughs> Please just don't murder. See, and that again is kind of a point in the negative column. Because if he's like, it's a really good thing if you don't murder other things. That's not really shooting for the stars there on the good spectrum. That's just kind of being a decent person. Not to murder other, other things. Also, he plagiarized that from the Ten Commandments. Yes, so. <laughs> also... We'd have to check the dates, but um, so if we take this just really literally Uh and he actually meant fleas, Mm -hmm. this is not the only example, right? I said I have two examples of his disregard Mm -hmm. for some souls slash animals. Okay. The other one Uh is that he apparently had the same prejudice against snakes. Oh my gosh. So first of all, you're going to have to tell me more because as a proud member of Slytherin House, this offends me to my (laughs) core. Same. My father will hear of this. (laughs) (laughs) Forthwith. Let me tell you about this horrible thing. So we hear tell, right? We hear Uh rumor that he once (laughs) grabbed up a deadly snake and bit it. And killed it with so, a bite. Yeah, like he just scooped <laughs> this thing up and just chomped down and ended. That this is a Chuck Norris season. story. It's bizarre. Again, if this is supposed to be an allegory for something, I, it could be. I would have to dig further into the history. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, what's weird about this story is, yes, poisonous snake, and he mm-hmm. killed it supposedly with no. No, After no effects. reason. Well, and it wasn't about to bite someone, but as also, far as I know. How are you going to bite the thing's head off and not suffer any after effects yourself? Because I just feel like... Maybe he did it so often he was immune to the snake poison after a while. <laughs> my, my, my husband's family have a, have a hunting dog that stays outside in the depths of Louisiana. And that thing has been bitten by a rattlesnake like oh seven gosh. times. And the thing is still alive. And it's, it's completely immune at this point. Maybe it's like a cat. It has nine lives. But so did he kill any snake he came across? He was just like, I'm going to kill this? No, no, because there's another story where he found a poisonous snake, but he let it live. Back to, you know, Harry Potter. Are you a good Slytherin? You're like Regulus Black or are you a Death Eater? 
yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it is. It, it was on whim. And, and once we get into whim territory, I think we're firmly in the negative Pythagoras. You know, ideal. maybe he was upset that the river didn't hail him. And so he was like, come here, snake. I'm so upset. It could be. It could also just be like one tried to bite him and the other one didn't. <laughs> Maybe so. Self-defense. <laughs> right. Speaking of bad people. Uh, one death of the, eaters. Yeah. Yes, death eaters. One of the most damning stories that I've heard is that his house was broken into by a thief. But then once the thief left, I read he dared not tell anyone about the strange things he saw. So let me just re- repeat this back mm-hmm. so I under I understand your history correctly. Yeah, here. yeah. My 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 Donald and Mathematica <laughs> right? sources. So what happened was a thief broke into a thief. Correct. Broke into Pythagoras's yeah. house, uh-huh. his dwelling. Yes, where he lived. Then he fled out the front doors, and how do if he never told anyone, then how do we know? Truthfully, right? Like, if it were me, let's suppose that I saw an alien or a ghost, right? <laughs> okay. Today, I it's it's on the schedule for later. Oh, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> I scheduled you an afternoon alien. I'm really excited about that abduction. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I just want to see one. Okay. But if I <laughs> did, yeah, just a sighting. If I did, I mean, I'm busy. I don't have time to be abducted. But um, if I did see one, there's no way I would be like, guys. Look at true. You end up as a crackpot. It's like, like Joyce Byers oh. in Stranger Things. No one believed her, right? The mathematician is crazy. She's she ridiculous. She's been yeah abducted by aliens. We can't believe anything. Nothing. She says and all now. my street cred, all my work cred, gone. <laughs> all your political currency, everything been spent immediately. Everything. I just so now I'm just picturing it now because right I I'm a big horror movie fan. And, and I do. I like Lovecraft. Uh-huh. So now I'm just picturing kind of a combination <laughs> of Lovecraft and also that Get Out movie or, or that, you know, or, or the all of these escape movies that came out recently <laughs> where they unwittingly break into a house and then they're like, oh, God, this was a mistake. What I'm just picturing, he, he runs into this house. He sees something unspeakable, runs out in terror, goes to his friends and says, I did break into his house. I really did Believe get in me. there. Believe me. And they're like, oh, God, well, what did you see in there? He goes, I can't tell you. It's so, you'll go crazy. You'll go crazy. Just if I like tell me. You. Yeah, I can't, I just can't even, I don't even have words to describe <laughs> to you what I saw within that dwelling. That's worrying. <laughs> that is worrying. I mean, what, back in whatever year it came out, when I first saw Signs, and they didn't show the alien, because we're talking about aliens again, apparently, because <laughs> right? he's the supernatural inhabitant of the moon. But Correct. like, they didn't show the alien the whole movie, right? Until the very, very end. Yes. And the whole movie, I was freaked out. And then I saw the alien, I was like, that's it? And so maybe it was like that. He was trying to boost his street cred. So you're saying he actually kept an alien hidden in his house? It could be a possibility. I mean, you'd have to do more research. This is true. You know, I didn't really look into his marital relations. See, it could, it could be, be yeah. uh, his wife, right? Or like a family super, member. Yeah. Supernatural inhabitant his of the moon. pet. Yeah, it could have been just about anything. <laughs> a delegate. Who knows? Uh, so this one is, so that's a pretty good story. I like that one. I'm going to say I have one better. What's that? So... 
in our in our negative kind of Richard the Third version of <laughs> Pythagoras. I, now I'm picturing him just kind of rubbing his hands together, kind of like an Iago. He's just he wants to do damage to people. Oh my gosh! I always want to imagine him as an Iago. <laughs> there there are several <laughs> sources that say that. So some guy came up to him and mm-hmm. said something that didn't sit well with him, and sure. he, he ranted at this guy uh-huh. so badly that this young man went off and hung himself. Hey, you think it was the same guy from before, from the reincarnation with the dog? Oh my gosh, that's a really good point. (laughs) I didn't even connect these facts. (laughs) Or was it the thief? Did he catch him on the way out and gave him such a tongue lashing for breaking into his house that on the way people were like, well, what happened? He's like, I I can't can't even talk and just went right home. And hung himself, and that was it. Like that was the end, and that's why no one knew what he saw in there. Oh my! I don't know. In in my life, right? I've had people get mad at me and tell me off, but I've never gone off and and hung myself. Right? You just didn't respect them enough. <laughs> Perhaps that's it. Because I was wondering, do you think he felt bad for disappointing him, and he'd rather die, or was this guy just like super sensitive? Like Pythagoras is like, could you not? And he goes, well, now I'm upset. I'm sorry, and now I'm gonna leave. If I'm remembering the source correctly. It didn't specify that he was Pythagorean brother mm-hmm. or cult member. It, it just said, the author essentially said it was a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. then he did this to this guy. It's someone who was clearly not a fan of Pythagoras <laughs> and was pointing out the detri- the the bad things about his character. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Like, I, I have to wonder, too. I don't have the historical context. Was this just something you did then? He, maybe he said something that Pythagoras disagreed with and Pythagoras just proved him so wrong. Oh, he schooled him. Right. That he went, well, you know, you've embarrassed me well. I have nothing left to do now but to go do the honor, commit seppuku and go take care of myself. I will agree that that story has definitely one-upped mine. Because it actually killed a guy. Yeah. Death number one at the hand of Pythagoras. <laughs> number it, one. If we're not counting the snake and the and flea. The, Although, if it he contains kill, men's souls. Yeah, he didn't kill any fleas. That's in true. The temple. That's true, not in the, in temple. the temple. In the temple. But so, I, I feel like I have the crown jewel when it comes to Pythagoras. Please tell me. So, this was honestly one of the first stories I heard and got me really interested in Pythagoras and was honestly one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast. I tell my students this story every single semester. And when they follow me from class to class to class, every semester, they're like, tell the story. Oh God, this puts a lot of pressure on me. I hope I don't have to crush your dreams and tell you this is one of the ones that is not true. You know, even if you do, I will amend it slightly to be like Cicero. My friend said it's not true. So <laughs> you can just add the Cicero yeah, tag on correct. everything. Exactly. It's 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 gonna be great. Okay, so here it is. We've talked about the Pythagorean theorem and members of the Brotherhood, you know, the, the, they said that every number was rational, which means it can be written as a number over another number, like a fraction. Okay. One of the brothers discovered that if each leg of the triangle was of unit one that the hypotenuse would then be the square root of two. That would be the length, which cannot be written as a fraction. Oh. Mm -hmm. And so this actually, the square root of two is an irrational number, and it's actually one of the, you know, earlier proofs that you do in your math career, like you do. So when you start studying (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's first on the list. First on the list. Yeah. 
So you prove this, though, that it's irrational. But at the time, right, they didn't have irrational numbers. Um, (laughs) But anyway, Pythagoras was like, bro, that's amazing. Come with me on this boat. And he took him out back and drowned him. Like a real. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. He drowned him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So (laughs) that story came to an abrupt end. I wasn't Mm -hmm. even ready for it. Mm-hmm. But. I, but see, that's the that's exactly how I tell my students, and it's the shock value, right? Because so, what? Right, because so essentially the, the thing here, right, the story is that he essentially said in a time when it wasn't believed, the world is round. And everyone mm-hmm. was like, no. Exactly. Don't say it's a dangerous thing to Shatters say. Shatters our fragile people, belief, yeah. Right, well, and you're going to have people sail off the edge of the earth here. Don't go telling people you're a danger. You're a public danger. Let's pull you back. So actually, this story has been told multiple times. Mm-hmm. It's one of those instances of the telephone game. So it's not that... It's- I have contributed to this. <laughs> Future generations will it, tell... It's not completely untrue. I love that. Right. So I don't have to add the Cicero tagline. Well, so let me go through this timeline a little bit from what I can remember. Okay. What actually happened, the first source that talks about this essentially says the person who discovered irrational numbers, I believe it was something like he died mm-hmm. by drowning. It just says the guy, the, 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 guy, ma- okay. the mathematician, probably not the guy, but just the, <laughs> the person who discovered this, uh-huh. you know, the man died by drowning yeah, and yeah. not that someone drowned him. He just died by, by drowning. drowning. Okay. Then the Pythagoreans were added in, in a later story. And then it became Pythagoras himself. So there, there are multiple versions of the story, one of which is that it wasn't Pythagoras, uh-huh. but it was his followers. And and what I like about that particular <laughs> version is that he runs up to his brothers. Very I'm, earnest. Right. I'm imagining in my head. He's like, no, I'm imagining him with his, his paper the and paper he's like and running. And quill yes. in hand. And he's like so earnest. He can't wait to share. Right. Like I've discovered this amazing thing, which mm-hmm. is irrational numbers Mm -hmm. right which he wouldn't have called them that but whatever irrational numbers and the response he gets back is essentially like crickets the room just staring at him (laughs) and then probably one person pipes up one of the other brothers and says no that's not real and then he goes, no, but no, really, it isn't. They're like, no, be quiet. It's not real. We're telling you it's not We're real. We're telling you. Oh, my gosh. Wink, wink. Right. They're like, don't say this. Yes. Don't. That's an interesting idea, but don't share it. But he felt the need to continue to share it, to, <laughs> to earnestly say, but no, really, he wasn't getting the wink. And so not only did he tell them, but he went and started telling other people, which, of course, if we know anything about the Brotherhood, and we'll talk more about it later on, but they were very secretive. So not only is he out there talking to people, which is pretty much a no-no, but what he's saying is they're wrong. Mm-hmm. The brotherhood is wrong. And they couldn't have that. And so they took him out back and dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I really like that version That is better. a good version. But, but when it comes down to it, yeah, no, it probably was not that guy that gets just like Pythagoras yeah. and the Pythagorean theorem. He was probably not the first one to do it, or he was not the one to do it at all. The stories just melded over time because they made a better story. 
See, and it will continue to get better and better. But I have to say, I'm really glad you started talking about the Pythagorean Brotherhood because next time we're going to shift focus from the man, the myth, the legend himself to the Brotherhood Fellowship cult and the men and people behind the legend. And so next time, we'll answer such questions as how can split ends get you a promotion and how can you convince coworkers to play the quiet game? Nice. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Infinitely Irrational. For more fun, the research and math behind this episode, visit us on the web at www.infinitelyirrational.com. This episode was edited by Mathematical Expressions. This episode was written and narrated by Mathematical Expressions and Kay. Research for this episode was compiled by Kay. See you next time!